Greetings EMDR colleagues and friends, Cambria Evans here, the teaching and learning EMDR consultant. And y'all, all I can say today is holy delta. <laughs> Anyone else's brains feeling like oatmeal today? I <laughs> I have to admit, we had uh, a lot of um, things to manage and kind of get over simulated by last week at our house. We had our kids first COVID exposure at camp, the camp shut down, we had them home, we had sticking, you know, COVID tests up their little noses. It was just, it was not a fun week <clears throat> and got me thinking about how I'm going to have to really intentionally design my practice this fall and winter uh, to just be more available, you know, to my kids, to my current clients, to myself <laughs> and my mushy oatmeal brain. Um, but, you know, oatmeal brain got me thinking about keeping it simple. And today I want to talk about um, how we can keep it simple for ourselves and for our clients right now. Because I think that sometimes there's a tendency that I'm hearing in, in consultation groups of, you know, how do I explain this and how do I explain this? And I kind of feel like everyone just needs things to be really easy to understand if they're doing EMDR therapy. So I made a video last year about um, three metaphors to help us explain EMDR to our clients. <clears throat> That's on YouTube um, and on the Zero Disturbance blog. But today I want to talk about three other metaphors that I use in my consultation group. So if you are a consultant, you're welcome to take these metaphors and give them to your consultees. If you are an EMDR clinician and you want to use these metaphors with your clients, take it, take what works. Um, I just want to be here and be in service to the community um, during a really weird time that just keeps on getting weirder and longer. <laughs> oh my gosh. <clears throat> Okay, so the first uh, metaphor or analogy I want to talk about is the seatbelt. And I, I love as a teacher, as a therapist, as a parent, I love explaining things in metaphors and analogies because it just makes it more accessible and it just creates more buy-in. Like I can, I can understand this other metaphor or analogy and therefore I can drop into what we're doing easy peasy. So the seatbelt, okay, y'all know buckling up in the car, it's the law, it's safe, it's responsible, it's what good parents do for their kids, it's what, it's what um, safe people choose to do. And that's not really hard to argue with. And so I was in the consultation group and I was talking with my consultees about phase two preparation. And I had a consultee saying to me, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to get this client stabilized. I'm trying to get her resourced. Um, and this client really wants to go. She really wants to go fast towards phases three and four. <clears throat> and isn't it great to have a motivated client? <laughs> And sometimes it's not what we're doing, but it's how we're doing it, right? Um, I love as a parent when my kids want to get in the car fast. <laughs> it's not hard to get them in there when they're already bought into the trip, the, the ride. Um, but how I get my kids somewhere safely is important. And I'm not going to take them anywhere unless they're buckled up, unless we're all buckled up. It's, it's our seatbelt. 
And so if you have a client who's feeling what we'll call motivated or slash anxious um, to get to, to processing in phase four, I would love for you to try the seatbelt metaphor, right? And you can just tell them phase two resourcing and you really being able to internalize this and utilize these resources, this is our seatbelt. And I'm not driving you anywhere without a seatbelt on. And I think this language is loving. <clears throat> it's assertive. And you don't have to get into like phase two and phase three and neuroscience in the brain because I just don't think a lot of our clients are there right now to take that in. Maybe they are. Maybe they love that and that's comforting for them. But I would invite you to try this first. And if there's more questions, you know, obviously offer those up later. Okay. The second metaphor or analogy that you might want to try. This is the lighthouse, okay? Y'all know what a lighthouse is, right? It's this like beautiful structure on the ocean that has a light, <clears throat> right? And it's kind of like helping the ships or other um, figures like know where it is and know where it is in relation to that figure, right? It's kind of like a, a post or a guide. <clears throat> So for the lighthouse, this is really helpful to bring up when we are customizing resources for clients. So I had a consultation this morning actually with an individual uh, in my EMDR moms group. And she was saying, you know, I tried, I tried to do the complex exercise with this client and it didn't work. It didn't work because she was calm and she was in it. And then all these negative beliefs came up right? Sound familiar? All these negative beliefs came up around, I don't deserve to be calm and relaxed. I'm not worthy of this. And I said, okay. I said, you, you think it's not working, but it's working for you, right? Because you're getting clinical data that is pure gold, pure gold. You're already getting data about like, you know, affirming phase one, what you learned, and then getting data to inform phases three and four. Beautiful. When we have a negative cognition come up in phase two and it interrupts our resourcing exercise, we want to think about, okay, this resource didn't work for this client, but this client is showing me a negative belief. So what do I need to do? I need to make a lighthouse, right? I need to think of a positive cognition that is opposite to this negative belief coming up in resourcing, right? So. Maybe I don't deserve or I'm not worthy to. I am worthy. I do deserve. <clears throat> and I need to think about what customizable resources I can make with this client, right? Because if this clinical theme is so strong, it's coming up in complex, you can bet the farm it's going to be coming up in phases three and four, right? So the lighthouse is a customizable resource that's going to help us get to the, that place. Make sense? Because I, because I would bet that this client's target when they go to process is going to be something around deserving or worth or enoughness, right? So if something happens in phase two and it's not working, like they're not doing the container right, they're not doing the complex right, stop. Notice what negative beliefs, if any, are coming up. Notice the positive cognition right, that, that goes with that negative belief and do some customized resource development installation around that positive cognition. That's the lighthouse. 
this this is the lighthouse that's going to guide us all through the EMDR process. Okay, this this positive cognition clinical theme is our guide. It's our light. Okay, I think that's kind of beautiful. Gorgeous. Let's move on to the third one. So maybe I chose this one because it's summer and I've been swimming a lot with my kids. Um, but I, I use this metaphor of a pool. So when do we use this? Well, we use this in phases three and four. And here's an example. <clears throat> I have a client and he is working through some um, history of assault. And we meet in session and he's just like avoiding, avoiding, don't want to go there, don't want to, like, it's just, it's just too much, right? It's the deep end of the pool, okay? So I said to him the other day, I said, you know, you don't want to go in the deep end of the pool with me right now. And I get that because we've never been swimming together, right? So we're just kind of hanging out by the pool right now, looking at the deep end, but I'm getting the sense you don't want to go in yet with me. And he was like, that's right. I don't. A part of me does, a part of me doesn't. Okay. I said, okay. We did some parts work around that. And I said, what about if we figured out what target we could start with? That's the shallow end. Like, how deep do you want to go? Do you want to go put our toes in? Right? Do you want to actually sit on the edge and like dip our toes in together? Or do you actually want to go in and get up to our ankles, up to our shins, up to our knees? How deep are you willing to go with me? And do I have your permission to just kind of track where we are in the pool as we go? And he said, yeah, no problem. So the ability for him to have a choice about where we start was obviously huge. And so he chose some trauma targets that were more about um, attachment and relational things happening in his marriage. So he considered that to be more of the shallow end of the pool because it felt more accessible to him and less scary than the deep end, which was the assault history. Are those things connected? Probably. Do we need to start with the first and the worst? No, we do not. And sometimes having a client start in the deep end is going to make them never want to get in the pool again. It's going to traumatize them that they don't want to ever swim. Okay? So I want my client to have a positive first experience swimming with me. And I'm going to get permission from my client to notice if we're not in the deep end or the shallow end or even, can I just notice with you when we're just sitting on the edge of the pool looking at it together? Some people might call this avoidance. Like it's a bad thing. You're a bad client because you're avoiding your trauma work in the deep end. <laughs> but if you were teaching someone to swim when they were feeling scared about it, and you can see they just didn't feel comfortable yet, you know, going into the deep end, don't start there. Start on the side. Look at the water together a little bit, right? Just be there on the edge together and, and just and just kind of let it let it come. Okay, so I would invite you to think about these three metaphors, right? The seatbelt for preparing um, in phase two, the lighthouse, which is kind of our positive cognition clinical theme that we're moving towards in our treatment plan that may or may not become evident in phase two resourcing, and the pool, which is kind of a, a nice landscape, right, for phases three and four and onward. So I hope this feels helpful to you. Um, 
I hope this feels accessible to your brain, whatever state of mush it happens to be in right now. Uh, I will I say this every time and I'll say it again. I'm so stinking proud of our community. Y'all, I don't know how we've done this. I don't know how we've gone through this long seeing trauma clients um, in a parallel process. You've heard me say this. It's still true though. Like you're still amazing. And if no one says that to you, I want you to know that I see you. I see how tired you are. I see how hard this is. Um, and I'm just sitting here thinking about you, thinking about how to make it easier all the time. So know that you are on my heart and I'm rooting for your success. In the meantime, I want you to stay healthy and safe and I look forward to connecting again.